is here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Hey, we're pleased to welcome Caleb Ashley to uh, Young Voices as a contributor and part of their, their incoming class. And uh, Caleb, before we delve into the article that we have in front of us here, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about who you are and, and what makes you tick. Thank you so much for having me on today, Brian. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I live and work in Alexandria, Virginia as a content specialist for a public relations company. Um, what really makes me tick is the conservative, the conservative movement, the philosophy behind our positions. It's not just enough to believe XYZ, believe something about immigration. It's really understanding the underpinnings of why we're thinking this, tracing back the history to thinkers like Edmund Burke and others, and just getting really deep into the weeds about those type of issues and having a really strong foundation. Because I believe that the stronger a foundation you have, the better you can defend those arguments and make the best case possible. Here, here. No, I, I wouldn't argue with you a bit. Now, now the article I have here that you've written for townhall.com, progressives will never get unity until they kill cancel culture. Um, so there, there's a lot to tackle there. Where do you want to begin? I would just like begin a little bit, summarize your article, give you a little bit of background about what I'm thinking. Um, so what I see when I look around me in day-to-day life is oftentimes that if you say something that is outside the mainstream, that goes against orthodoxy, that you get a lot of pushback, a lot of negative publicity, and often end up getting, quote-unquote, canceled. And what I argue in the article is basically that that cancellation process goes against the tenets of progressivism. But if you look back at uh, thinkers like Woodrow Wilson, Teddy Roosevelt, they were all about change, utopia, doing the best that they can. But cancel culture goes against that by basically kicking somebody out of the discussion because of what they believe. So my article talks about how right now Democrats need to focus on getting their own house in order by addressing cancel culture, by saying enough is enough. But if we really want to say that we believe in progressivism, and in utopian change, and we have all these proposals about climate change, about prison reform, that are very utopian in nature, that we have to stop canceling people, that we have to try to bring people together and unify them, not kick them out of polite society because they said that systemic racism doesn't exist. Wow. And and you pointed out in your article, like, for instance, at the Olympics, there were people being, uh, you know, Take it, they're fired from from their positions or paying a price for things that they said many many years ago that right. uh, weren't even necessarily that inflammatory. But but today, ooh, you don't say those kind of things. I, um, cancel culture is is everywhere, and and one of the most alarming things that that you point out here is where were the leaders? Where were world leaders when it came to these cancellations? Did they not dare to to stand up to to the one saying you know cancel these people? Right. I, I think that's, to me, one of the biggest issues. It's that you have to have somebody, whether it's President Biden or Chuck Schumer, somebody has to stand up and say enough's enough. I think the issue right now is that President Biden feels very trapped by his base to embrace this movement. Otherwise, he's worried that he's going to lose his support. He's going to get flamed on Twitter. He may not win a primary next time he runs for president if he runs. And so it's, he's in this position where he doesn't want to anger his base. So he just keeps his mouth shut and stays out of the way. And the problem with that is that it implicitly encourages cancer culture because we need to have leaders and gatekeepers that stand up to stand up to the people on Twitter, stand up to the loud activist voices and say enough's enough. Yeah. 
I, I, I just have to wonder how far can it possibly go? You know, looking at, at how uh, cancel culture. I don't think if you looked at any person's life, and I mean even the best people we know, we've all said things or laughed at things or repeated jokes that, that were insensitive or, or maybe just crass. That's part of being human. But there, there seems like this unreasonable expectation to, that, to, that everybody must be held to this standard. I can see where this is hamstringing progressives. Now, I'm going to ask you, though, as, as a person who resonates with conservative values and conservative principles, are you sure you want to interrupt them when they're making this big of a mistake? That's a good question. And it's I, I think I think we do, because I think ultimately it's going to be bad for everybody when you have these big media and cultural institutions, when you have mainstream media, when you have Hollywood, when you have all these places that really don't have any conservative thinkers now because conservatism is considered to be outside of the mainstream. I think that we will we're already seeing the impacts of that. I think we will continue to see the impacts of not having conservative voices, not having conservative thinkers in those institutions. Um, I do think politically that this will hurt the Democrats because I think the polling shows that 64% of Americans don't like cancer culture. They think it's bad. And I think the farther the Democrats push, the more people they cancel, the more fed up the American people will get. Because I think a lot of people don't want politics to come into their day-to-day lives. They don't want to get fired from the jobs because they said something a decade ago about President Trump that was positive or something like that. People want these things to be separated. And the problem with cancer coach is that it mixes them together and makes everything about politics. And I think that's really unhealthy for America as a country. And I think that's why, as a conservative, I feel like the need to address this issue, because I think it's bad for the left. But I also think ultimately it's bad for America. It's a definite scorched earth policy or, or mentality, and, and that's, that's seldom a good thing in, in the long term. OK, I, I want to ask you this then. Um, Caleb, tell me, what are some of the the um, positive things that progressive thought, you know, can can bring to a discussion or bring to, you know, solving problems? Because, you know, I we, we sometimes get into, you know, bumper sticker slogans back and forth. But in your article, I think you, you make it pretty clear that we shouldn't be so quick to just dismiss people because maybe they have a contrary point of view. There are things of value that can be found. It's just when it gets taken to an ugly extreme, you get cancel right. culture. Like, I think at its best, progressivism, the mindset is about change, making the world a better place. And, like, I think everyone agrees that there's things about America, things about the world that can be better. I think a lot of the roots of progressivism go back to these utopian thinkers. Um, and they've done, progressives have instituted a lot of valuable reforms. If you go back and look at the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, a lot of the things that we take for granted, at least have part of our roots, come from progressivism. So I think the philosophy of pushing for change is not necessarily a bad thing within itself. I think my role as a conservative is often to push back against the change when it goes too far and it does too much. My job is to say, is to say stop, hold up, let's think about these policies. I see progressivism at its best being really idealistic, really positive, and at its worst, embracing cancer culture and going too far and not being willing to listen to dissenting voices. So I think there's a balance. I think every good society will have progressives and will have conservatives. And I think it's kind of almost the interaction between the two groups that make the world a better place and help lead to change. What I hear you advocating for, and I think you are 100 percent on target for doing so, is um, there needs to be 
that open discussion. Cancel culture is all about we silence people. You know, if they're if they don't line up with the right values or if, if they even strayed from them at some point in the past. And now we're going way back in the past. You know, then, then we can't hear from them anymore. They have to be ostracized. Whereas the the approach you're taking is, no, let people come. Let them contribute. And, and you probably have confidence in your own principles that, uh, you know, the best things will, you know, with the help of the truth, the best things will rise to the top and be seen for what they are. Right. I very much agree with that. I think we have to foster open debate, open discussion. And as, as you said, I'm really confident that what I believe is mostly right. And I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to listen to outside voices and outside views. And if I'm wrong about something, I am willing to hopefully sit back, take a step back and change my mind and think through these issues deeply and fully and hopefully gain a better understanding. Like ultimately, I think if I have to sum all this up, it's a problem of cancer culture is that it ends the debate. That if you're a progressive and you're canceling someone, you're not listening to them. You're not understanding and you're not learning. And ultimately, that means that you are getting stuck in your own little bubble by yourself with only with only voices that think like you and speak like you in that bubble. So I think the ultimate reason to get rid of cancer culture is to have that discussion, to have that debate that a free society needs to grow and change as much as possible. And and your approach is definitely healthier. <laughs> I, 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 I hate to see people who, who go around looking for something to find wrong with anything that anybody said. I, I, I don't think that's a healthy or a happy way to live life. Caleb Ashley, thank you so much. Where can people find your work? Obviously, you have some, some published work here now on tam, townhall.com. Anywhere else they can follow you? Yep, I would definitely recommend they check out my contributors page on youngvoices.com as well. Um, that's probably the easiest way to find me. All right. Well, I wish you the best. We will talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much.